Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number 12 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We're going to be going in depth in today's video through every single matchup from all the games on Thanksgiving all the way up until Monday Night Football and I'll be telling you guys whether I think you should start or sit the tight ends in all of those matchups. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below and while you're down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy so without further ado let's get into my week number 12 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with the first game on Thanksgiving, the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In this spot, I really do like Sam Laporta. Now, I know Sam Laporta has been on a bit of a downward spiral as of recently. Both of his last games have been finishing outside of the top 12, but at the end of the day, I'm not really going to panic too much on that. I still do believe that Sam Laporta will qualify as being a must-start tight end in fantasy football. He's currently the tight end five on the season. Now, I know he only only had five total targets in back-to-back -back weeks, but this is a guy that has multi-touchdown upside in any given matchup. The matchup against the Packers is pretty decent, so I'm not going to overthink things here, and I'm going to continue rolling out Mr. Sam Laporta. On the other side, we got Tucker Craft Mac and Cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Now, Luke Musgrave has been placed on the IR, so we will see Tucker Craft as the starting tight end on the team. Ultimately, I don't think Tucker Craft is some garbage can but if he is a guy that's going to see like three targets in this game with Jordan love me tender love me sweet who has been so up and down all season I think you're best just kind of turning the other cheek and looking in the opposite direction next up we got the Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's World the second game on Thanksgiving so when it comes to Jake Ferguson Ferguson has continued to put up solid numbers basically all season long now he's had a couple of down games but at the end of the day we all know how volatile the tight end position is so I'm not going to knock him too too much on that currently the tight end 10 on the season last week was a bit of a doozy up against the Panthers in Carolina three receptions on five targets for 32 yards no touchdown prior to that coming out the bye week he scored three straight weeks with a touchdown this week up against the Washington Commanders a wet dream matchup for the tight end I think that Jake Ferguson will hop back on into the end zone yet again Ferguson's another guy that to me is a must start Logan Thomas is a start on a majority of teams now, he's not a guy that, to me, up against the Dallas Cowboys is going to go nuclear and finish as the tight end number three or the tight end five. He doesn't really ever do that. But what he's going to do is finish anywhere from the tight end eight through 14 every single week. And again, with how volatile the tight end position is, you'll be very happy about that. Now, the Dallas Cowboys defense as a whole is very solid, but up against the tight end position, they aren't necessarily the best. So I think Logan Thomas should finish again in that range of like the tight end eight through the tight end 14, and you should be mighty fine with that. Next up, we move to the final game on Thanksgiving before we get to Black Friday. We got the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, anyone with George Kittle already knew that they were starting him, and George Kittle has turned from the most 
boom or bust tight end in the NFL for fantasy football into the most consistent tight end in fantasy football over the last four weeks. Tight end one. 3-2-8 and eight over his last four games. Last week, this man absolutely dicked down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Eight receptions on nine targets for 89 yards and a score. And he has scored a touchdown in back-to-back weeks. I've been talking about this all week and over the last couple of weeks that the Seattle Seahawks defense is incredibly fraudulent. I don't think the 49ers defense, or not the 49ers defense, the Seahawks defense is as good as people give them the credit for. Now again, am I saying that they are some terrible bottom of the barrel washed up defense? Of course not, but I definitely think that George Kittle could end up as a top three tight end yet again. I do think eventually he's going to have another one of those down games, but knock on wood, I don't think it's going to be this week up against the Seattle Seahawks. The upside is just so high when it comes to George Kittle in a 49ers offense that is just humming ever since they got out the bye. Noah Fant is going to be a sit for the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks just simply use too many tight ends for it to be comfortable to start Noah Fant. I still think Noah Fant is a talented player, but when push comes to shove, you're not starting a tight end on a team that uses two to three tight ends every single week on a team with the quarterback in Geno Smith, who might be healthy, might not be for Thanksgiving tomorrow and ultimately even if he does play he might re-aggravate that injury and it might be horse cock Drew Locke season. Next up we move to Black Friday the Miami Dolphins going up against the New York Jumbo Jets in MetLife. This is a Dolphins MetLife takeover game so expect to see a lot of aqua in the crowd. Tyler Conklin after ripping off two straight solid performances was the tight end 29 last week. Now obviously nothing went correct for the Jets last week. Their offense was a complete and utter unmitigated disaster and Zach Wilson looked like Stevie Wonder out there. He Instead of going to BYU, he went to the school of blind and deaf because this guy was incredibly bad. Now they move to Tim Boyle and while the Dolphins defense is pretty dog shit against the tight end aside from the time where we locked up, don't let me out, Travis Kelsey... I won't lean with Conklin here. I just don't know how much better Tim Boyle is going to be. I think we're just going to see a bunch of check downs to Brees Hall, and I think that kind of cuts Tyler Conklin out of the pie. Durham Smythe should be active this week. He did miss last week in the Dolphins game up against the Raiders. The Dolphins still eat that W. But as a Dolphins fan, knowing the zero depth we have at the tight end position because we traded our other tight end with a pick... That was worth a half a bag eating potato chips to get Jalen Ramsey. So that was a great trade for us. But Smythe really is the only tight end that we have on our team that is somewhat worth it. Smythe should be playing this week. He's a great blocker, but you don't play in a point per pancake league, right? You don't get points for blocking, so Durham Smythe should be on your bench. Next up, we move to the normal Sunday slate here. We escaped the Thursday and Friday games. It's Sunday, and we got a riveting matchup of the Atlanta Falcons versus the New Orleans Saints in Atlanta, in Hotlanta. So this is a spot where I know a lot of people might be nervous. Nick, Taysom Hill finally shit the bed prior to the bye week in week 10. Nick, it's time to abandon ship on Taysom Hill. We have made a very clear point in today's video that the tight end position is incredibly volatile. There are huge weeks, there are down weeks for just about every single tight end. The only tight end that is normally very consistent all season long is Travis Kelsey. So Taysom Hill prior to his tight end 25 game of week 10 was the tight end six three six and six in a stretch of four games 
Now, again, I'm not here to give the Gawk Gawk 9000 special to Taysom Hill. I'm not here to bang the drum aggressively and say that you need to go out of your way to start Taysom Hill. But the amount of upside that this man possesses is insane. It would not be shocking at all if in any given game, Taysom Hill not only threw a touchdown, but he caught a touchdown and rushed in a touchdown. The fucking trifecta. This is a guy that more reasonably will catch a ball, throw a ball, and run a ball in any given game. I like this matchup up against the Atlanta Falcons. And unless Taysom Hill, now it's like after the bye week, that game against the Vikings in week 10, he starts spiraling out of control, right? If he shits the bed this week, that's like, okay, maybe we need to hop back off the Taysom Hill bandwagon. But as of right now, I think I am still very much aboard it. Now, Jawan Johnson has been back over the last three games. And while he's getting a couple targets every week, that really didn't have that large of effect. It's not like Jawan Johnson showing up has hit Taysom Hill with an RKO from out of nowhere, Randy Orton style. Jawan Johnson, again, he's going to get three, maybe four targets if you're lucky this week. I think he's a talented player, but there's just a lot of other weapons around him to where he's not really all that useful. For the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts is going to be a start. I la 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 love this matchup up against the Saints defense. The Saints defense is typically pretty bad up against the tight end. Now, I know Kyle Pitts is about as reliable as using a Snickers bar as a condom, but it's their Snickers bars wrapper, not just a Snickers bar. That wouldn't work out too well unless you're like stuck your cock into there, but the Snickers bar is a little bit too, too thin for that. Unless you got a pencil dick, which is okay. Kyle Pitts, no bueno recently. Tight end 18, 17, 22, 16. He had a stretch of two games from week five and six where he was the tight end eight and three, but that feels like a decade ago at this point. I can't believe the team went back to Desmond Ritter. I don't like Desmond Ritter at all. I hate Arthur Smith because I think he's a stooge. Kyle Pitts is a guy that is so talented that you're probably just stuck playing him every week, but he's not a guy that'll be ranked in my top 12. Janu Smith is a guy that was very consistent for the Atlanta Falcons for a majority of the season. Coming into the bye, though, week 10 up against the Cardinals in a wet dream matchup. Janu shits the bed, just one reception for one yard. Not very good at all, tight end 50 on the week, but I feel like he's kind of on the fringe of start-worthy. Most weeks, he's getting at least four or five targets, so I think he should be fine here, but again, I'm not really gonna sit here and sing the praises of Janu Smith because he doesn't really deserve that. Next up, we got the... Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, Pat Fryermuth did end up returning last week, and he got welcomed with one target, one reception, seven receiving yards. Now, Pat Fryermuth has been a guy for a majority of his career who's never really going to be a target hog, right? This guy isn't sucking targets in like his name was Mia Malkova, right? What he's going to do is get his four targets every single week, and then if he finds his way, moseys his way on into the end zone, you're happy. If not, you are very, very, very sad, right? He has nine receptions on the year for just 60 yards, but nine receptions two touchdowns. So this matchup against the Bengals is very solid for the tight end position. I think the fact that Matt Canada has gotten fired, you fired, is great for Pat Fryermuth and this offense. But again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like magically Pat Fryermuth is a must-start guy. He is a fringe start at tight end at best. For the Cincinnati Bengals, it would appear that Tanner Hudson at this point is the starting tight end. He got four targets, four for four like he was at Wendy's last week against the Ravens for 49 yards. He's actually been a top 18 tight end in three straight games, but I'm not going to go out of the way to play the starting tight end in a Jake Browning-led offense going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. That would be a little bit crazy. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers at 
De Le Titans in Tennessee. We got Tommy. Make that ass tremble for the Panthers. I do not believe Hayden Hurst will play this week, but it's hard to find news on him, so maybe he ends up showing up, right? Either way, though, who gives a fook? Because uh, you're not starting Tommy Tremble or Chig. Tommy Tremble, tight end 16 last week because he found the end zone. The Titans' defense is a pass funnel. I get they are bad against the pass. I get they're bad against the tight end. But to me, if you are starting any other player on the Panthers, aside from Adam Thielen, you are just simply cruising for a bruising. You are putting way too much faith in this offense. You're putting way too much faith in Frank Reich and Bryce Young. To me, it is just not even worth the risk. Chig Akonkuwu of the Tennessee Titans going up against the Panthers. Now, I am a Chig truther. I really think this guy has what it takes to be a solid tight end at the NFL level. I'm not going to sit here and scream from the mountaintops, right, about how Chig is this elite tight end. But I think if he was actually given five targets every single week, then maybe he would be able to do something, especially up against the Panthers' defense. But his targets fluctuate heavily weekly. They're going up and down, in and out. Two targets, six targets, four targets, five targets, four targets, nine, three, four, four, and two from weeks 11 through week one. Very unpredictable. Again, Will Levis is pretty unpredictable as well, so this is kind of a recipe for disaster. So again, you kind of just want to stay away from this game as a whole because this game just reeks to high heaven. It might be one of the lowest scoring, if not the lowest scoring game of the week, but we're getting very close to what I think will actually be the lowest scoring game. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, please make sure that you smash that subscribe button down below if you are new. And whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. So we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Indianapolis Colts. Cade Otten is a guy that all season long has shown off a lot of flashes, but it's incredibly hard week in and week out to truly predict what Kate Otten is going to do. And that is because this is a team that there's an argument to be made that they have too many cooks in the kitchen. They have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, as well as Rashad with two A's white, who just suckles in targets, right? These are guys that are target hogs week in and week out. Mike Evans is a guy that it wouldn't be shocking if he had 15 fucking targets this week. So it kind of leaves Kate Otten with a small piece of the pie. Now, some weeks, that small piece is six or seven targets, which is great. Other weeks, like week 10 against the Titans, it's just three targets. Last week against the 49ers, he definitely played better than I thought he would. And this whole Buccaneers team greatly overperformed compared to my expectations. Four receptions on five targets for 49 yards. Going up against the Colts defense, that's a little sneaky good against the tight end. Kate Otten's another one of those fringe start tight ends, in my opinion. Kylan Granson has had his time in the limelight this season. There's been a couple of big games for him. Tight end 14, 9, and 13. Tight end 14, 9, and 13 in weeks 1, 2, and six. So he clearly has some skills to potentially pay the bills, as they would say. But even up against the Bucks defense, it's not like Gardner Minshew is this tight end merchant who just force feeds the ball to the tight end all game long. So to me, Kylan Granson's kind of a very clear stay away. Next up, we got the real game, the mid-off here, the New England Patriots at the New York Football Giants. And this one is a game where if you're like a Giants fan or a Patriots fan, just watch Red Zone. Don't watch this. Now, again, technically, this is the tank bowl, right? Whoever ends up losing this game will probably get Caleb Williams in the draft. So maybe that's a reason to watch this. But there have been reports. Nick, you sound like a broken record. You've talked about this all week. But there are reports that the Giants don't want to draft a quarterback. 
My, oh my, would that be bad news bears for Giants fans? I think they would revolt. Giants fans around the world would go on fucking hunger strikes because that would be some bullshit. Hunter Henry... Look, man, I love Hunter Henry. I loved him at, when he was in the Chargers. I liked him as a Patriot, and I fucking hate the Patriots as a Dolphins fan. But I, what I will tell you here is that with Mac Jones under center, I simply can't play him. I know Mac Jones kind of looked decent to start off the season, but there's a chance that Bailey Zappi starts this game. There's a chance that halfway in, Mac Jones isn't playing. He's just playing okay, and then they tug him out, Deshaun Watson style, and then they go ahead and play the Zappinator, Bailey Zappi. They also have Mike Gesicki. To me, it's just like, do you really want to start anyone on the Patriots? The answer is probably not. Next up, we got Daniel Bellinger of the Giants to fill in for Darren Waller. I actually like Daniel Bellinger. I saw a lot out of him that I liked last season, and he was actually a guy that... Before the Darren Waller trade, I was sprinkling in in some of my best ball drafts. It's like, ooh, look at that upside of Daniel Bellinger, right? Maybe Danny Dimes figures it out. But obviously, Daniel Jones can't even fucking plug a square. He tries to plug a square peg into a circular hole. That guy's an absolute idiot. Daniel Bellinger, again, the talent is all there. But you don't want to start any pass catchers on the Giants, so... Again, you got to sit him. Next up, we move to a much more riveting matchup. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. A battle in the AFC South. And I'm not being like fascistus. Fascistus? I don't even know how the fuck to say that word, but I'm not lying to you. I love this game. This should be a very fun one. I think this is going to end up being one of the highest, if not the highest scoring games of the week. Jags, Texans. I'm starting both the tight ends here. Evan Ingram has been on a bit of a downward slide to the left. Whoop. Slide to the right. Whoop. Crisscross, right? But, again, he has been one of the most reliable tight ends in fantasy football all year. The Jaguars offense looked as back as they could possibly be against the Titans, so I'm not quitting on EZE Evan Ingram yet. Dalton Schultz, on the other hand, has been on fire! Tight end 6-8-1 and one over the last three games. The Jaguars' defense against the tight end is no bueno. They are not very good at all, so I think Dalton Schultz should have yet another great outing. He has scored a touchdown in five out of ten games this season, so... Half the time he gets in the end zone, he scored a touchdown in two of the last three games. I like his 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 odds, his chances this week against the Jaguars. Next up, we move to the Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos. But before we break down this game at the tight end position, as well as the last couple of games here, I would like to ask that if you guys did end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to smash that subscribe button like it owes you money. Hit that like button down below if you have enjoyed thus far. And I would also like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today, Underdog has a great offer for you guys that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds after we explain how Underdog Pick'em works. So, we're going to be talking about the Thanksgiving slate of games here. First, with the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions, my favorite pick from this game is going to be David Montgomery higher than 64.5 rushing yards up against a pretty soft, in my opinion, Packers run defense. We are going to go ahead and match 
match that with the Dallas Cowboys versus Commanders game with Dak Prescott higher than two passing touchdowns in this spot. If both of those hit, then we will receive three times our entry fee. If you do three picks, it's six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee, assuming all of the picks hit. Now, if you are new to Underdog Fantasy and live in one of the states on your screen right now, you receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. So you deposit 100, they'll give you an additional 100. If you do 50, it's an additional 50. 25, additional 25. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10 if you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, Browns at Broncos, and this is officially hard nipple weather. This is the weather where your nips are going to be cutting diamonds, 21 degrees Fahrenheit, 5 mile an hour winds in mile high, projected on Sunday. Denver defense has gotten a lot better, but they're still a little bit soft against the tight end. Again, I don't think this is like a wet dream matchup for Ninjoku by any means, and... The fact that DTR is starting still concerns me, but last week Ninjoku was fed like a fat kid on Thanksgiving, 15 targets, 7 receptions, 56 yards. If he gets just 8 receptions this week against the Broncos, he should be just fine. Now Ninjoku isn't in the must-start category, but he is like in the tight end 8 through 11, 12 category, which is like... Most people are starting him, right? Again, not a must-start, not a bang the drum aggressively, not give him the gawk gawk 9,000 special, but I still really like him. Adam Troutman, the fish man for the Broncos, is a clear sit. This man gets, like, two targets every single week, and you don't want to start a tight end that gets two targets on the Broncos offense. But, Nick, the Broncos offense has looked a lot better recently, I know, but still... I'm just not doing that. Russell Wilson doesn't love him a nice tight end. Next up, we move to the LA Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. This is a fun game for the tight end position, at least for one side, and that is the Cardinals. Trey McBride has been a top 12 tight end in back-to-back weeks, and it appears that Kyler Murray has been locking on to him seven or more targets in back-to-back spots. The Rams defense, I can never really get a read on. Some weeks they come out there, and they look downright fucking incredible. Other games, it's like, are they even paying attention there's some games where Aaron Donald looks like he's gonna murder the quarterback behind the offensive line and then there is other games where Aaron Donald's a little bit more iffy again he never fully disappears right but there's some games where he's not as you know it's not as prevalent that he's there against Geno Smith I mean Geno Smith probably fucking has nightmares thinking about Mr. Aaron Donald if you remember week one when Aaron Donald was coming at him and Geno Smith basically squealed like a little bitch Oh, Nick, you can't call him a bitch. You'd be scared, too. Yeah, I would. If I saw Aaron Donald, I'd run. The guy chased me down in four seconds and fucking murder me, probably. So, <laughs> Trey McBride, I like him. I just like how he's been playing. I think that's... As of right now, he's a guy that needs to be in the must-start tight end category. Tyler Higby is just about the exact opposite. Whether Cooper Cup plays or not, I don't really think weighs too much into my decision. The Cardinals are also a team that is sneaky good against the tight end. And Matthew Stafford this year has been not so great. Now, I know there's a lot of people, some analytics bros on Twitter, that have been really just fondling the balls of Matthew Stafford. But let's be honest, for fantasy, he hasn't been a top 12 quarterback all season. He just hasn't been great. Is he completely washed up? No, but... Again, better days might be ahead for Stafford, or maybe it's kind of time for the retirement tour to begin... Higby, tight end 24 on the season, very underwhelming. This motherfucker hasn't scored a touchdown all season, and he ain't doing it this week. And just because I said that, he'll probably end up scoring. Next up, we move to the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders in Viva 
Las Vegas, so I know this is a shock to a lot of people. I know this wasn't very obvious, guys, but we're starting Travis Kelsey. Nine targets, seven receptions, 44 yards, and a tug last week against the Eagles. Not his best game, though. Obviously, fumbled the rock. Fumble! Um, against the Raiders, I talked about this all week long, but the Raiders are, and the Chiefs are really just a team that just lets these bad teams just kind of stay within striking distance. Now, in the playoffs, they'll kind of drop a deuce on a team, right? Especially if they're playing up against a bad team. Like, if the Raiders were to crawl into the playoffs, this is the wild card round because the Chiefs won't have the bye as of right now. The Chiefs would literally hang, I think, 50 on the Raiders. But since this is during the season, it's like the Chiefs are like half given a fuck. Now, obviously, they're trying to win. I'm not saying they're trying to lose against the Eagles, but I think everyone kind of gets that when you're watching the Chiefs, right? They don't empty the playbook in the regular season, right? The crazy shit normally comes out during the playoffs. Now, last year, they did do that crazy play against the Raiders uh, later on this season. I think it was around Christmas time, if my mind does me correct. Maybe that's just incorrect, but... From what I remember, they were making like a running in a circle around in the huddle, and then they just threw a touchdown. It was crazy. They were doing a circle. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. They got set and they threw a touchdown. It was fucking hilarious. Now, the Raiders, again, on defense, are just not all that great. They have had sneaky good games, but I don't think they're very good against the tight end position. I've talked already too much about Travis Kelsey. You're going to start him every single week. Mr. Swift is a must start. I don't give a fuck which defense he's playing against. Next up, we got Michael Mayer of the Raiders. Now, Mayer has been a top 15 tight end in back-to-back weeks. Now, is he a guy that feels very safe when you throw him in your lineup? The answer would be no, right? You feel a little bit queasy because the quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, isn't the sharpest knife in the cupboard. Now, again, I'm not trying to shit on him because for where he was drafted and what he's kind of sent out to do with an interim head coach is very impressive. Again, the stats aren't there, but if you put the situation into context, it's really not that bad. He scored a touchdown in week 10, his only touchdown on the season against the Jumbo Jets. I think in this type of a game, like tight end 16, 15 would be his ceiling. So I'm not very excited, but again, just another fringe start. Next up, we move to the final game before Sunday Night Football. We got the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills at the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Dalton Kincaid is a must start every single week. He earned that honor a couple of weeks ago. He is on a tear right now. Five straight games inside the top eight at the tight end position in PPR. And the Eagles are not the best at stopping the tight end. Now, I know they didn't let Travis Kelsey run hog wild, but with how much usage that Kincaid gets in this offense, with how much of a key piece he is here, it's like, Gabe Davis, I don't want you. I don't want you to be my friend anymore. Friendship ended with Gabe Davis. My new friend is Dalton Kincaid. Now, I know there's going to be people that are getting a little bit worried, like, oh my god, is Kincaid going to be able to do it once Dawson knocks one time if you're with me is back? I really do think so. Joe Brady, Slapped the shit out the Jets last week. Now, I'm not ready to say that the Bills aren't, like, fraudulent by any means. Like, the Bills could easily still miss the playoffs. They could easily get smoked like a blunt in this game. But I'm still rocking with Dalton Kincaid again. Five straight top eight tight end games in a row. You got to be starting that guy. I do not believe that Dallas Goddard will play in this game. It seems like a multiple-week injury for Dallas Goddard. They may not place him on the IR, was the report a couple days ago. He missed last week against the Chiefs. I would be befuddled, shocked, bewildered, I guess would have been the word. If he plays this week, Jack Stoll will be the starting tight end. He saw two targets last week against the Chiefs as the starter. Again, Jalen Hurts does love a nice tight end, but when it's Jack Stoll, not Dallas Goddard, 
you're not going to be getting very many targets. Next game here, we move to, because you waited all day for Sunday night, the Baltimore Ravens at the Los Angeles Chargers. Isaiah Likely will likely step in <laughs> as the tight end one on the team. Now, Isaiah Likely is a guy that coming out of college, a lot of people like. They were calling the Ravens like tight end university. They weren't actually doing that, but that's just a joke. Andrews Likely, this tag team, is going to be beautiful. And then we've seen Andrews get hurt in the past, and then Likely shows up and just gives like the most underwhelming performance possible because again you can't expect Isaiah likely to be Mark Andrews but you can at least expect him like oh he'll get like six targets right no I get like four targets this week now the matchup is so juicy <clears throat> I want to motorboat this matchup against the Chargers but let's call a spade a spade likely probably will end up sucking ass Donald Parham of the LA Chargers is going to be a sit for me. When it comes to Gerald Everett, he was ruled out last week with a back injury, getting a little bit old there. Oh, my back. I don't know if he'll play this week, but again, it doesn't matter. With Parham and Everett more closely spit, splitting the workload recently, just screams to stay away. Final game here, the Bears at the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Cole Komet, as well as TJ Hawkinson, are going to be starts. Now, when it comes to TJ Hawkinson, even with Joshua Dobbs, Hawkinson has been straight up electric. Three games in a row inside the top 12. Hawkinson's currently the tight end one on the year. Now, I know he hasn't had his bye week yet, but I, for one, have been shocked that Hawkinson has been this great. The Bears' defense is dog doo-doo up against the tight end, so this should be another huge spot against uh, for Hawkinson, but again, if you have Hawkinson, you already knew that you were starting him. Final guy here, Cole Komet. With Justin Fields back last week, we did see a dip in terms of targets, which is something that I stated before last week, that, hey, maybe Fields coming back does put a damper into Komet, who saw with Bajent the last three games before that, 7, 8, and 10 targets. Now, again, there's no need to fully panic to jump ship, but, you know, there's reason to be a little bit more cautious with your projections for combat, right? It's no longer like, oh, he's guaranteed to get six, seven targets a game. Now it's like, hopefully he gets that, but it's far from a guarantee. But again, the Vikings defense against the tight end aren't the best. So I think combat should be just fine. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't end up enjoying today's video, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Make sure you guys hit that like button down below, whether you are new to the channel or not. Check out some of the videos on your screen right now. If you haven't seen them already, we'll be live on Thanksgiving tomorrow prior to the 1230 kickoff of the Lions versus Packers game. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great day. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And as always, good boy.